Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I can't believe what I just saw. So Ken Palmeroy who knows more about college basketball than maybe any living human being a couple of days ago said that he thinks that Houston would be a five point favorite on the road at Allen Fieldhouse. Well, the official line has come out and Kansas tomorrow is going to be a two and a half point underdog in their matchup at home against Houston. Now, I am not here to pat KU basketball on the back. They certainly don't need me to do that. But I've lived in Kansas City, Missouri for my entire life. You cannot convince me that another team is favored to go into Allen Fieldhouse and win. I don't care what is going on with Kansas. I don't even think that this Kansas team is really that good. I've seen them twice in person, and I've probably watched them five to seven other times on television. I ain't really been super impressed by Kansas this year, but you know what? I let it slide. They're like the Chiefs. It's January, February college basketball. Can you really be that up in arms about it? But I'm telling you, I've seen enough KU basketball to know they're not losing to Houston tomorrow. Not if everyone thinks they're losing to Houston. Oh, Adidas will never let that happen. Bill Self will never let that happen. Hunter Dickinson, if you want them to take your name, image, and likeness money away, lose to Houston tomorrow. And all of a sudden, on the the 15th, that check going to be coming up a little light. They brought you in to win these kind of games. You need to be competing for a Big 12 championship. And tomorrow, I assume college game day is going to be there. It's a top 10 matchup. Houston, their first time going to Allen Fieldhouse. I assume that tomorrow is a really big deal in college basketball. KU is not losing tomorrow to Houston. I don't care. I know you're going to try to convince me, oh, hey, Houston's really good. I, I don't deny that. I'm sure Houston's a really good team. They're not winning at Allen Fieldhouse. Do you guys think I'm joking? I would pick KU to beat the Pistons at home. I wouldn't pick KU to beat the Pistons anywhere else. I've just seen that building. And if KU's got to shoot 27 free throws tomorrow for it to happen, they will. If KU needs to hit 11 threes tomorrow 
all of a sudden you'll have Dewan Harris look like prime Clay Thompson tomorrow. That kid can't shoot to save his life. He will tomorrow if they need him to. I I refuse to believe they are losing tomorrow to Houston. I absolutely refuse. I can't wait to bet on KU tomorrow. I can't wait. Someone said, of course they're going to shoot 27 free throws to Houston 10 because it's eight on five at Allen. Exactly. I'm telling you, this is an Adidas call. This is a BCS dollar signs call. They let KU lose at home. I mean, Houston's You going to the game tomorrow? Houston's the better team. Oh, yeah, I'm going to the game tomorrow. Houston's the better team, but, I mean, come on now. UConn's, UConn's the best team in the country. Where did they take their loss this year? Yeah, they lost, they lost to Allen. Allen. I was at that game. That This KU team is flawed. They're a spicy three seed in the NCAA tournament. They they have the same problem that Chiefs do. It's a Spider-Man meme. They both turn the ball over far too often. But you know what? It's a top five team at home. I feel good about Kansas. This game in Houston, I feel bad. This game is in Houston. I feel like, ooh, 79, 71, tough loss. Twitter is. I mean, I would say that there's no chance that this KU team is going on the road and beating Houston. Uh -uh. They split, and then we'll see what happens when they get to Kansas City in March. But the road team is not winning in this series. Houston is losing tomorrow at Allen Fieldhouse, and KU is losing. I don't know their schedule by heart, but if they go to Houston this year, they're absolutely losing that game. They go to Houston for their final game of the season. So the last one before Kansas City, mark it down. Loss. What's Bill Self's record in Allen Fieldhouse? Because I, I I don't know. I don't know what games count anymore for Bill. I don't know what games get vacated. You guys had that stretch there about two years. You were cheating. You were giving Billy Preston money. You was giving his mom money. I don't. You guys were just Western Union and wiring money to anybody. I, I don't. I don't know what games count anymore towards his record. Do you know what his official record is in Allen Fieldhouse? I know that he has been the coach there for a long time, and he has lost less than twenty games in Allen Fieldhouse. According to his bio on the uh, KU Athletics page, he is two ninety nine and seventeen at Allen Fieldhouse. So he's taking seventeen home L's. Okay. Seventeen people. I'm trying to think if I can name the 17 coaches. There was a time in my life where I could have. Yeah, I believe it. Especially when it was under 10, I could have no, done it. No, I 100% believe it. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, uh, I absolutely believe. I mean, Chris Beard's done it. Why can't Kelvin Sampson? Okay. No, you going to money line him tomorrow, or are you going to bet him with the number? I, I probably would just take the money line tomorrow. I'm not going to lay a lot on it, but I, I probably would have. not excited about it? KU plus 130, doesn't that feel good to say out loud? I'm with the Hawks. Just, just say it with me. No, that's not, I'm not on that side. I don't, I don't want to be on that side. I'm going to ride all. or die with Kansas. That feels like a good sentence to say too. Okay. Who's Missouri got tomorrow? Vanderbilt. There you go. Get that, get that SEC win. Somebody off has to win their first game in the <laughs> SEC tomorrow. Somebody's got to win it. I hope, I hope it's Missouri. I mean, if they lose to Arkansas and Vanderbilt in the same week, they might not win a game in the SEC. They might not win a one. I've just decided that I'm not going to let Missouri bother me this year. They have a top five recruiting class coming in next year. They made the NCAA tournament last year. They won a game. I'm willing to just give them a mulligan for this season. I'm willing to just be like, hey, this season just didn't happen. It's been a while since I've sat down and I watched a Missouri game from start to finish. I think it actually was the KU game. I started watching the Illinois game and I was just like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to let this team upset me this year. No, I'm not going to let them. I'm going to come home angry, mad, and upset. No, I'm not doing that. I watched parts of it. 
I normally watch the part that they start to win, and then something will happen. I'm like, you know what? I'm not about to let them upset my Saturday. I've had a great Saturday. It's 1 o'clock. I just took a great nap. I just had a good lunch. I'm not about to let them anger me and make me mad. Why would I do that to myself? I got. I give you guys a lot of credit for, for continuing to watch your team when you know they're bad. I mean, yes, but also bad is relative. Like No, Missouri's what, bad. What you're experiencing with they're Missouri bad. this year – I don't know KU fans would stick that out. If they were over in conference play and about to gear up with a must win, let's see who can get it done with Oklahoma State, I don't know it would be the same let's go watch energy. But KU's bad is a three seed in March, a four seed in March. and Yeah, that's not bad. It's just normal. That's just that's – just, that's fine. That's that's basketball. That's life happening. Yeah, no, that's not bad. That's just uh, That's just normal. Uh, Nate Taylor was on Cody and gold and he said this, he was asked who is the best free agent signing of the Brett Veach era. And he gave a very interesting answer. And Drew Tranquil is not making $5 million guys. He's making like three and a half, four million on a one year deal. Um, it's one of the best signings in Brett Veach's tenure. Um, and the fact that he can play this well with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, who I think Willie Gay, um, is trending towards playing, obviously, next Sunday. Uh, it just gives them a great chance to combat Christian McCaffrey, obviously the best running back in the league. But what Drew Tranquil did against Lamar Jackson was just utterly brilliant. You know how sometimes we were just kind of talking about KU, just kind of having our fun, that you kind of think, man, hey, how did how did Devontae Graham just fall through the cracks? Because Devontae Graham was originally committed to Appalachian State. And then just, you know what, I'm going to play one more year of summer basketball. I'm going to play one year of prep. And, hey, you know what, I'm good enough to go to Kansas. Like, how, how did you guys let this happen? How did the rest of the NFL let Kansas City get Drew Tranquil for a one-year $3 million deal that gave him a $1.4 million signing bonus and guaranteed him $2.4 million? Think about that. Think about how good Drew Tranquil's been this season, how versatile he's been this season, whether it has been helping you stop the run, whether it's being one of your better coverage linebackers in a game in which they didn't have Willie Gay. How did the rest of the NFL let them get Drew Tranquil for the absolute dirt cheap? A guy who was in the prime of his career. We're not talking about a guy who's like 31, 32 years old. No, we're talking about a guy who had a productive career in Los Angeles and is 28 years old. How did the NFL let him go for such a cheap number? And I don't think that's going to happen again. Like, you kind of got over the first time. You found a diamond in the rough, and you have turned a one-year, quote, prove-it contract into a guy who has been one of your best players on defense I don't think you get the hometown discount anymore. I'm not saying that he won't be back on the team next year, but we talk about that Super Bowl tax. You also got to pay guys when they go out and they perform or they put up good numbers, or you got to be willing to let them walk, go somewhere else, and then you try to start the process all over again and see if there is another Drew Tranquil that's going to be available in free agency. But I agree with Nate. When you think about how much they invested in the player, he is certainly one of the better free agent signings that they have had over the last few years or so. You got him on a one-year, $3 million, $2 million guarantee deal, and he has been one of your better defensive players 
over the course of the year. And in a game in which we all knew how important it was going to be to control Lamar Jackson and help stop the run, Drew Tranquil played one of his better games of the year and absolutely the perfect spot to do so. Today we are celebrating. It has been four years since the Chiefs have gone to their first Super Bowl since 1974 years ago today was Jet Chip Wasp. We're going through some of the top memories over the last four years in the playoff run. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Kansas City, it's Trent McDuffie. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Today is the four-year anniversary of one of the biggest moments in Chiefs history. You guys might know it by Jet Chip Wasp. Third and 15 for the Chiefs from their own 35. And San Francisco leading by 10. 7-13 to go in the game. Seven guys drop back into his deep zone here for the 49ers. Four-man rush, but those four are enough. Here they come. Mahomes stepping up. He's throwing long downfield for Tyreek Hill. Got it at the 20-yard line. And then spun down there. The first giant chunk of the game on third down and 15. And Mahomes guns it for 44 yards down to the San Francisco 21-yard line. One thing that I remember from the game that we don't really talk a whole lot about, like individual like moments and memories from the game, was you remember – that Mahomes scored the first touchdown of the game on the rushing touchdown, and he gets hit as he is crossing the pylon. And you remember there was the controversy with Mike Florio about getting a late hit on on Patrick Mahomes, and he obviously heard that. He got up. He started flexing. He was saying, hit me. It was clear that it was a response to how tough he was 
And I thought that was a really big moment, just kind of setting the tone and tempo of the game. Now, the Chiefs didn't really play well offensively for the next, like, 40 minutes of game time. But I thought that was, like, a really cool Mahomes moment and how he bounced back and how he responded really well in that moment. We'll play another memory for you guys here coming up in a bit. But speaking of Patrick Mahomes, here's what Bill Romanowski had to say. Was this on the radio in San Francisco? Is that where he said this? All right, then. Here's Bill Romanowski. He uh, has some Patrick Mahomes thoughts. I believe Mahomes is a crybaby. And yes, he's yes, he's talented, but he is a big ass crybaby. And he drives me crazy. And I think we're gonna out hit him. I think we're gonna be more physical than them, and that's gonna be the difference in this football game. Why do you say he's a crybaby? I'm just curious, is is cause they're complaining to the officials? Oh yeah. Yeah, it drives me crazy. You know, play the game. Okay, stop whining to the officials. That stuff drives me crazy. All right, here's I, here's my question. And I, I don't have the answer to it. Maybe you guys have the answer to it. Is there a really, really good player that we don't feel this way about? Like, think about it. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, right? I don't think that Patrick Mahomes really acts any different than Tom Brady. If anything, I would say that he's a little bit more measured than Tom was. We saw Tom would have his kind of moments and would go back and forth and certainly would angle to the officials to try to get calls. It's kind of the game within the game. I would say that a lot of people view Tom Brady as a crybaby. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James. Certainly a crybaby on the course. He's always flopping. If you hit LeBron James in the face in a postseason game, he will lay there and roll around for hours. You might not be able to finish the basketball game. Isn't this just a trait that all of the greats have? Is there somebody that I'm missing that isn't a crybaby in this sense? I'm trying to think of who it is. Is there somebody that I'm missing? That if you are at this level, if you're not upset about the calls, if you're not trying to use that to your advantage, because this just seems like a trait that winners have. I'm trying to think of someone we've ever thought is really good that didn't get caught being a crybaby, or we say that they get all the calls. Like, remember, like there was the Jordan rules. There was LeBron gets all the calls. There are people who think that despite LeBron's physical stature, he would be terrible in the nineties because they're just tougher than I think it is just something we do to try to poke holes in people that are always winning. I have a, a friend who was an Auburn fan and they went out of their way to tell me Nick Saban's cheating and recruiting. I want you to know Nick Saban's cheating. Nick Saban is a recruiting cheater. That's why Bama beats Auburn. So gosh, darn always is that he's cheating. Right now on the text line from 10 minutes ago, if you scroll down, non-KU fans will say at Allen, it's eight verse five. It's cheating. KU is getting all the breaks, all I mean, this, that, and the other. I mean, we've seen it too many examples what of that. People who are angry or jealous of winners say Romanowski, by the way, was a winner. I'm surprised he's saying this because I would tell you as a Chiefs fan, Elway got all the calls. Elway was his quarterback. Joe Montana probably got all the calls. Or Joe Montana was probably a crybaby. He was teammates with Joe Montana. So this is just something that people who are jealous of the winning sling at the feet of the winners. Hold on. I just 
a lot of people on the text line are saying, what about John Elway? You mean the same quarterback that asked the officials to tell the road team's crowd to quiet down so they could operate their offense? That sounds like a crybaby thing to do. I think a majority of us are crybabies. Like, I know I'm a complainer. Now I have my moments, and I'm certainly better than what I used to be. But, oh, if I don't like something, I will 100% complain about it. I think maybe you start to do that as more as you get older, Rob. You know me, Rob. We're going out to eat. If I don't like something, hey, uh, ma'am, can you come here? I'm, I'm communicating what I don't like about this. I don't mind it. I would say this is part of the game. If you're a college basketball coach and you're not working the officials to try to get a call, I would say you're not doing your job effectively. That's part of it. And we've seen how that can have an effect on it. You got to be doing your job. You got to be working. This is just a characteristic of the winners. This is what they do. This is what the greats do. The greats complain. We don't think Mike was complaining, trying to get calls. He wouldn't get mad at officials. We know he was. This is the game. Bill Romanowski. Today we are celebrating four years ago today, the Kansas City Chiefs won their first Super Bowl since 1970 as they defeated the San Francisco 49ers. Here's a great memory from the postseason runs. Spread set. Hurts by himself in the backfield. Threat to run and throw. Crouches down. He wants to run it. The ball's out. He kicks the ball. It's picked up by Kansas City. They're going to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Kansas City. A defensive score by Nick Bolton. Hurts got hit and kicked the ball. Picked up by Bolton. And the Chiefs defense gets an incredible touchdown at 9.39 to go second quarter. Rob, can you acknowledge, and I know you don't want to acknowledge it, can you acknowledge that we were almost this close to Nick Bolton winning Super Bowl MVP? We were one incorrect call away from Nick Bolton winning Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he was right there. I still think that's a fumble. One of the things that I hate most about the NFL is we have created this like three second gray area where nothing bad can happen for the offensive player. Think about all the things you got to do for them to register that you caught it. You got to catch it, get two feet down, keep full possession. You got to turn around, spin, take two steps, point to your girlfriend in the stands, and then we will give you a catch. No. I think that is a catch fumble and that the Chiefs should have had back-to-back touchdowns from Nick Bolton. And if he gets two defensive touchdowns in the Super Bowl, oh, Nick Bolton is Super Bowl MVP. If you had the field last year for Super Bowl MVP, you really got robbed. And FanDuel should give you some of your money back because Nick Bolton should have won Super Bowl MVP last year. He already had one major defensive play in the game, and he had another defensive play in the game, but they took it away from him because the rules in the NFL are inconsistent, and they didn't want to see hashtag M-I-Z. They didn't want to see us flourish and dominate the Super Bowl. So there's a couple things at play here. One, I will admit, if Nick Bolton had scored two defensive touchdowns in the Super Bowl, it would have been hard to deny he was MVP. It would have been hard to deny. I agree with that. I also don't like that that second one is ruled the way it's ruled every time. I don't like that rule in the NFL. I agree with you. So on both counts, I agree. 
Here's the thing, though, about the second You're one. You're about to start hating. I know you are. Here's the second thing. They've called that consistently the way they did in the Super Bowl all the time. I don't like it. You don't like it. I don't think any fan likes it, but that is consistently how that is called. So is it the wrong call? Maybe. But is it one they call that way always? Yes. So since that is called that way every single time in the league, I don't think he was that close to a second touchdown. I think the way they officiate the game made it pretty obvious. Yep. The second one's not going to be a turnover and thus it washed away any chance of him winning Super Bowl MVP. In that moment, it rinsed away. I would also be fascinated to see what the voters did in that world where he gets two because Mahomes still would have gutted out a tough victory in a 30-plus point game with a bum ankle as the best player in the league. It would have been a real Sophie's choice for voters in the box. Do you give it to Mahomes who gutted out a Super Bowl victory? And was a large part of it, or do you give it to the defensive player? I would have been fascinated to see how they would have voted. I would have given it to Nick Bolton for this reason. You would have been the first defensive player to score two touchdowns in a game. I think if you are the first to do something in a Super Bowl, I think you should win MVP. This is the 58th time they've had this game. It's hard to be the first to do something. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, it's kind of unlikely that he's going to be the first to do something on next Sunday. You know, we've seen a guy throw for 500 yards. We've seen a guy throw for three, four touchdowns. He probably won't be the first. If you were telling me that Sneed gets three interceptions and he's the first one to do that, then Sneed should win the award. Sneed should win the award. I really do like the field in this game. Like right now, if you told me quarterbacks on one side and you would give me every other player to win Super Bowl MVP, I think I like it because just in last week's, the AFC and NFC championship game, I think the MVP on both sides would have been non-quarterbacks. I think it was Brandon Ayuk in the NFC championship game. They do not win that game without the Brandon Ayuk catch and how it flipped the course of the game. And I believe he had two touchdowns. Maybe I'm misremembering it. But Brandon Ayuk was really, really good last week. And I think that Travis Kelsey would have won it. I think this is the year that we get a non-quarterback, a non-quarterback to win Super Bowl MVP. I mean, I think I think that's where I'm at too. But just thinking of the game script in my head, it's either, and I'm not putting these A and B in order of likelihood, it's either that Brock Purdy scores enough against the Chiefs defense, the vaunted Chiefs defense, to win the Super Bowl, or Patrick Mahomes returns the form and looks like Patrick Mahomes in way of another Chiefs Super Bowl, man, it it's hard to think either one of those narratives, which MVP is a narrative-driven award, the same way it's in the league as in games. It's hard to imagine either one of those narratives gets undone unless something spectacular happens. Like, unless McCaffrey runs for 175 or Kelsey is 12 catches on 12 targets but has two TDs for 120. I mean, Something spectacular has to happen for a non-quarterback to do it. And it has to be super duper spectacular for me to think it's not going to be McCaffrey, Purdy, 
Kelsey or Mahomes. Yeah, I would say probably the three most likely non-quarterbacks. I mean, Mahomes is, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs are winning the game. So Mahomes is certainly the favorite to win. If you think San Francisco is going to win it, their quarterback is probably the favorite. I'm looking at the odds right now. Christian McCaffrey is at plus 450. So if you bet 10, you would get back $55 if the uh, if Christian McCaffrey wins Super Bowl MVP. And then there's just a big jump. Travis Kelsey is 16 to 1. Debo Samuel is 33 to 1. You know what? I wouldn't mind taking a flyer. We talked about it earlier in the week. I would take a flyer on Travis Kelsey. I also would take a small flyer on Isaiah Pacheco. Probably just five bucks. You're getting him at 35 to one to win Super Bowl MVP with how this team runs the football. If he has an 18 carry, 115 yard, two touchdown kind of day, which I think you could possibly do against San Francisco, I think he has a chance to win Super Bowl MVP. I mean, I think. I think he has a chance. I don't think he's very high on my list. I, I don't know I'd waste dark horse money on him. Like, the way the number is set up, I, I think I think I'd go somewhere different. I don't see him as my dark horse pick. At that point, I would pick, like, Chris Jones. Because I could argue in the first Chiefs Super Bowl, Chris Jones should have won MVP. And if the Chiefs dominate defensively, it's going to be on the back of Chris Jones. So if you're going to dark horse it, lean super into it and get Chris Jones. I don't know Debo's the best MVP play. Someone said it's impossible for a non-quarterback to win if a receiver has two touchdowns. That means someone threw the ball to them. I mean, Cooper Cup won MVP two years ago in the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I actually think that Aaron Donald probably should have won MVP, but I wasn't mad that Cooper Cup was the MVP. I don't think it's impossible in this game. Deion Branch won MVP. Yeah. I mean, does anyone know where Deion Branch is today? Like, Deion Branch was a Super Bowl MVP in a Super Bowl where Tom Brady threw him the ball. Like, it happens. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I really do like a, a small wager on a non-quarterback to win Super Bowl MVP. Coming up in about 30 minutes, we're going to be joined in studio by Nate Taylor of The Athletic. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Get off my bumper. Traffic. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this. 
Two accidents on northbound 35, one just past Johnson closing the left lane, the other northbound 35 to 95th Street. Heading out of downtown, there is debris on the roadway northbound 35 just past Front Street closing two right lanes. I'm Lori Pearson, 610 Sports Radio, get off my bumper traffic. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Keraton Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Coming up in about 30 minutes or so, we're going to be joined in studio by Nate Taylor of The Athletic to catch up with him. He's heading to Vegas. I'll be there next Friday. We're working on having the beat writer for San Francisco and also Nate Taylor together with me on Radio Row to take a closer look at this game. Got a lot of cool stuff planned next week. Really excited to really dive deep into this game between the two teams, in my opinion, who have been the best teams in the National Football League over the last 18 months or so. Since the Christian McCaffrey trade, I think that San Francisco has been the best team in the NFC, and I think Kansas City has been the best team in the AFC. I think it's going to be a really exciting Super Bowl. So today is the four-year anniversary of Jet Chip Wasp, and we're celebrating that. We'll get stories from Nate Taylor, who was at the game and has been at all three of the Chiefs Super Bowls so far and plans on being there next Sunday. Here is another big-time memory from the Chiefs over the last four years. And a three and out for the Eagles, their first of the game. At 10.33 to go in the game, Sipos will punt. End over end, shorter punt. And Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline, at the 30. He's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in plays down to the five-yard line. Tony ran out of gas on a 65-yard punt return. And the Chiefs lead 28-27. They'll have first down and goal to go at the Eagles' five-yard line with 10-11 to go in the game. You know what? You know, guys, you know I love my relationship analogy. This is probably the best analogy that I have for Kadarius Tony. I think all of us have been on a really nice date with someone. Like, you just got, you had good chemistry with them, you know, and just for whatever reason, it just didn't materialize past that one day. You know, you don't have anything bad to say about them, you know, for whatever reason, things just. Maybe they just didn't develop how you thought they were going to develop after that moment. I think there was a lot of optimism around Kadarius Tony last year, and I certainly get why. You got him for pennies on the dollar. You got him with a draft pick that you found on the ground. Like, the only reason why the Chiefs had that extra draft pick is because Ryan Poles is black. Like, that's a fact. The NFL, they now changed the rule that if you hire a minority front office person, you get a compensatory pick. The Chiefs got a compensatory pick. They then use that pick to then trade for Kadarius Tony. So it felt like you found money that was just on the ground. Hey, you were not expecting this. So you went, you went out, you got Kadarius Tony. And you know what? Kadarius Tony showed you a little bit. He had that first game against the Giants. Or I think it was Jacksonville. He played really well. He had you know, 70 scrimmage yards. He had that great catch on the sideline. And you were starting to think of, hey, this guy is the X factor. He's the explosiveness that we need. He battled with injuries. He had a big play in the Super Bowl. And I think there was a belief that, you know what? This is going to be Kadarius Tony's year. He is now heading into year three of his career. 
He is now in a healthy place. He is now on a great team, great organization. You got Pat. You got Andy. You got Ma- You got Kelsey. You got a great structure here in Kansas City. You know what? It just hasn't worked with Kadarius Tony, and that's okay. I still think that it was a really good trade. Now, we all value the punt return very differently, and I feel like Rob, you and I are just. We are on the wrong side of this argument with everybody else. Like, I don't think the punt return was maybe as big as everybody else thinks it is and maybe as instrumental in the Chiefs winning the game. But it is a big play in the second half of the Super Bowl. I get why people feel that way. But even knowing what I know about the Kadarius Tony trade, I still don't think it is a bad trade. I don't think he has been a great player by the Chiefs in any means. And I would even still... I. I'm on your side, Rob, that they probably still paid too much for a player if you give up a a third-round pick for a player who has not consistently shown you that he can be a wide receiver on your team. And outside of that play, also hasn't been a great special teams player for you. But I do like what they did. You had this extra draft pick. You had this compensation. You decided to take a, a, a free play. That's what it is to me, a free play. You decided to use that on Kadarius Tony, a guy who had first-round talent, and it hasn't necessarily hit the way that you thought it was, but that is a mindset that I want the Chiefs to continue to do. I mean, you're not going to hit those at a very high percentage. You know? You're not going to hit those at a high percentage. So I-, I will never fault the Chiefs for taking the chance on Kadarius Tony with the draft pick, and he has made some plays, just maybe not as consistent as you would like. You're gonna push me back into my hater bag. Why? Why are you? Why are you backing me into a corner? You don't really move there. Why? Why are you push me this way? I'm confused. You just said I agree with you, Rob. They probably paid too high a price for Kadarius Tony. I think me and you value the one play he made very differently. I don't think he's been worth it for the Kansas City Chiefs, but the trade is still a success. You explained why the trade isn't a success, but still call it a success. How come you're saying he's not worth the pick value you gave up? He's only made one play. He's now more notable for Instagram live than he is ever being on the field. Ain't good. And you, you don't value the punt return the way everyone else does. And yet you're still, yep. Worked out. It seemed like you I, I didn't know. I did not say it worked out. I said, do I don't again. think it has hurt them that much. I mean, last year, this team had a lot of draft picks. This team in that draft class, this team had 11 picks. They had 11 picks and they hit on a lot of those picks. You got Trent McDuffie. You got George Karloftis. You got Leo Chanel. You got Brian Cook. You got Isaiah Pacheco. They got a lot of players there. So I think when you do that, I do think maybe to use a casino analogy, you came in there with the hundred dollars and you've turned that hundred into a thousand dollars. You had a great day at the casino. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. If you take another hundred and you say, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna play one spin of roulette. You know what? I'm gonna play one spin. And if I hit great, or if I lose, you know what? I'm gonna walk out of here with my $900, my hand with my head held high and I'm going to be fine. It's just hard for me to fault them for mismanaging a draft pick when they were so good with all of their other draft picks. I mean, you drafted Trent McDuffie. He's a first-team All-Pro guy. You drafted George Karloftis. By year two, he was a 10-sack guy. You drafted Brian Cook, who's a starter for your team. You drafted Leo Chennault, who was a great role player for your team. Also got him with the other third-round pick. So last year, you got Kadarius Tony with one of the third-round picks. You got Leo Chennault with the other third-round pick. 
You then got Joshua Williams, who's been good. You got Jalen Watson, who's been good. You got Isaiah Pacheco. You hit on like six of these picks. To me, you're allowed to take a free play. You're allowed to take a flyer. And I, I'm I'm fine that it that it wasn't a home run swing. You're looking at it wrong. You're looking at it wrong. First off, that's the wrong draft class. That draft class is all on the field with Kadarius Tony. You got to look at this year's draft for what they missed. Secondarily, we but know it, the but story. But it, it would have been a 2022 pick, though, right? No, it would have been a 2023 pick. They well, traded. Let, let me check to be sure. Hold they, on, let me see. It was in the middle of the year last year because Kadarius Tony in last year's Super Bowl made the play. It was October 30-ish of 2020. Hold on. I'm sitting here reading it right here. Hold on. So I'm I'm on NFL.com. The New York Giants are trading the speedy wide receiver to the Chiefs in exchange for a 2023 third-round compensatory pick and a 2023 sixth-round pick. 2023 pick would have been the one in Kansas City. No, you're right. My bad. So I'm off. No, you're right. My bad. I I apologize. So you're you're looking at all wrong there, first and foremost. Secondarily, what was the story of the draft in Kansas City other than how good the city did putting it on? The Chiefs were begging. They were trying their hardest. They were doing everything physically possible to move up into wide receiver territory. They probably could have moved up. They didn't have enough draft capital to move up. You know what would have been better than Kadarius Tony, a guy who Veach thinks is going to be a star, or at one point that was going to be a star. You know how you get into that Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston range? If you have more draft capital, you know how you have more draft capital? You don't trade for a guy who, after two years, the fan base is done with. No, you're right. My bad. See, you just pushed me. I was so no, I mean, positive I, I, this week. I'm here to tell you, Rob, that I made a mistake. I mean, I still disagree, but I was applauding. The, the, you're right. No, you're right. You're 100% right. I mean, once you put him a part of that draft class, it definitely looks different. Because mm-hmm, now you got I mean, because that draft class is Felix, Rasheed Rice, Wanya Morris, Chamari Connor, BJ Thompson, Keandre Colbert, and Nick Jones. That's a, that's a, that's a very okay draft. <laughs> It's even, a very, very okay Even with draft. Kadarius Tony, it just yeah, no, it's not average. good. No, you're right. No, I, uh, you know what? I, I, I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to you for that. That's my fault. I'm wrong, and you're right. You're wrong. I'm right. Uh, I would like to play some audio for you, so you guys know that the Chiefs they've been doing the uh, the swag surf. Well, I don't know who reached out to the actual guys who sing the song "Swag Surf." But they asked them their opinion on Taylor Swift and, you know, her doing the swag surf back during the Dolphins game. Let's hear the audio. My initial reaction to Taylor Swift swag swag surfing was I thought it was dope. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I automatically knew it was going to be a good look just because of who she is. You know what I'm saying? What she got going on. Our streams across all platforms is up 700 percent um yeah that's swift surf i'm telling you the swift and surf she got a rap though Back. Them bars, Taylor. she got a rap on that thing man now, that'll be dope and then look she can break us out at the at the at the concert too man you know what i'm saying on tour like so it's it's dope bro if she taylor can do whatever she want to do man you know what I'm going to guess? I'm going to guess that uh, the gentlemen that created the Swag Surf, I'm going to guess they're not going to be on the Arrows Tour. I'm just going to go out on that limb. I'm going to make that prediction. I mean, you are a minus 10,000 no for you being a guest appearance on the uh, on the Arrows Tour. You're not going to be there. I also don't think that Taylor Swift is going to be doing a uh, Swag Surf remix, even though I would very much be here for a Taylor Swift, her rendition of Swag Surf. I'd be for it. <laughs> 
a Taylor's edition? I'd be a big fan of it. I'd be uh, I'd be very much there to hear uh, her rendition of Would Swag Would you, Sir. though? Because you don't like when she covered Rihanna's song. It was not good. It wasn't good. I'd want to hear it, though. What else did she cover? She covered something else that you weren't a fan of. Yeah, she did uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire That's September, which... I mean, we can play it right now. It's not good. It's it's bad. It's <laughs> it's real bad. She took all the seasoning off of the song. She took what made the song the song. It's not good. She's great at singing her own songs. They got like a melody and a harmony and like a feeling to them. When she sings those songs, she takes all the feeling away from them. You know, it's no, no thanks. But I wouldn't mind her getting on this one though. I would I wouldn't mind hearing her swag surf rendition. You know, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind hearing it. How, how excited do you think the guys who sing Swag Surf's publicist was when TMZ reached out? Oh, you want to talk about Swag Surf? Perfect. I Hit care. me up. No, they, yeah, I mean, they were waiting on that phone call. They saw her doing that. They were just sitting right there. Please call us. Please. Do you think any one of the Swifties had Swag Surfed before she did it in the Dolphins game? Yes, that was a popular song before Taylor Swift. I'm talking about the hardcore Swifties. You're 23 year old. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know. Bebopping around Swifties. This is the thing I don't understand about the Swifties. This is what I don't get. We talk about the Swifties like they are like from another planet. Like the NFL's most popular thing in the world. Just these people just were not watching football before. Last year's Super Bowl was the most watched game ever. None of the hardcore Swifties were watching the Super Bowl last year, and they just appeared. This week to start watching football when Taylor started watching football. First off, I, I love football. You love football. Football's the most popular league in the United States. It's not the most popular thing. Taylor Swift's popularity dwarfs it. There are people who on Sundays were listening to her version of red and not watching the Chiefs red wave take over the NFL. That's a thing that happened a okay, lot. Okay, but then I would wonder, though, like what song – like, what song do you think, like, the Swifties haven't heard of? Like, let's say the Chiefs, like, remade the Cha-Cha Slide. Are we just going to be like, oh, people have just never heard this song before? Like, what if she remixed Cupid Shuffle? And she did her own version of Down, Down, Do You Dance to the Left. Have the Swifties not heard of the Cupid Shuffle? Are we a Swag ca- Surf is at that no, level. Yes, it is. Not. No, it's not. Swag Surf. Is, I will fight for the Swag Surf. You know what Swag Surf's at? It's at the wobble level, which is a lot. <laughs> it's a notch below. Everyone okay, knows, it might actually be the, at the wobble it, level. So you know what? It's a little more niche. Y'all don't be wobbling? Not the same way. Okay, I didn't know. I mean, there are people in my America who wobble, but it's not no, the I same. No, I just didn't know. I didn't know. What are, the, what are the, the songs, like you're getting married in a few months, what are the songs that like the DJ plays you think that they're like going to get on the dance floor? Like I assume the cha-cha slide I've, I've been Safe at a two America's wedding and I, I've seen that people can do the cha-cha slide. I've been in the Cupid shuffle. Mm-hmm. Is there another song? Is there another song? Like someone says that it's at a stanky leg level. No, I think swag surf is ahead of the stanky leg. I think it's ahead. That's probably fair. Yeah, It's it's ahead of the stanky leg. It's been a while since you heard the stanky leg out in public. Yeah. It's st- stanky leg is probably like the do the jerk level. That was. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. I mean, that, so I'm that being serious for a while. What is the other song that gets your America up to the dance floor? Like what's the everybody start dancing? Like there's this song. It's uh, by Frankie Beverly and Mays. Before I let go. That's a song that always gets the gets the people going. They get up. They start dancing. It's a good song. What what's your version of that song? 
I mean, I think it's both the Cupid Shuffle and the Cha-Cha Slide. I'm trying to think of anything else falls into that category, but that's that's kind of like maybe the Macarena, maybe. Yo, if you do the rock, if but you, I don't, I mean, that, I don't think I'm, that's going to be popular. If enough. you do the Macarena at your wedding, if you have me doing the Macarena, I swear to you, I'm taking back your gift. <laughs> I'm taking back your gift. I am going to go on the table. I'm going to grab my box. And I'm going home. Actually, hey, Carrington, where are you going? I'm leaving because you guys are doing the Macarena. Do you know what the answer probably is? It's that song by Journey. The Touching Hands song? No, that's Sweet Caroline. I'm talking about the one where it's. Oh, uh, uh, Don't Stop Believing? Don't Stop Believing, yeah. Y'all be dancing to that song? People go crazy about Don't Stop Believing. I never seen people dancing to it, though. It just gets people to the dance floor. Okay, and it I didn't just know. gets people moving. I didn't know. I'm learning, man. I didn't know. You really taught me a lot this segment, man. You really did. You're I welcome. feel I, I feel well learned. It's worth this noting segment. that the uh, "Don't Stop Believing" is on my "Don't" playlist for my wedding. So okay, I got you there. All right, September. Someone says September is both Americas. Someone said, "See that you're very wrong here." I had no clue what it was until now. I would just like to point out that the Chiefs have been doing this now for four years. The same dance. They did this exact same dance when Tyron Matthew was on the team. They did it in a win against the Jets. Like they have been doing this for a while. The same team that you guys follow. It, it, it's, not, it's not even new for them to be doing this. It, is, it has been a thing. I guess it's like Travis Kelsey's haircut. No one had had that haircut before Travis Kelsey had had it. It's sweeping the nation. <laughs> it's sweeping the nation. Uh, coming up on the other side, we're going to be joined by Nate Taylor of The Athletic. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs. He just lives at the Super Bowl now at this point. We'll talk to him about it. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.